Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Matt Starks. Matt Starks. Maximum Maximum Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle Matt Starks. All right, it is the Wolf and Luke Show, and it is time for some maximum football. It is Wednesday, after all. Max Starks just walked into the room. That is a solid. Is that a Steelers hat? Yeah, I'm yes, it's the intercept cancer. You know, they did all of them with that kind of tie dye, yeah. and it says intercept cancer, and then yeah. of course the team logo. Very cool. Always go fitted hat if you have the option. Always, always. always. Nobody wants to deal with Velcro or the little snap buttons. The snaps are okay. I mean, but they're the, okay. the ones where you have to like pull it through the buckle, I feel like no, I'd, I'd rather just not. Oh yeah, the one that has like the little fabric thing yeah. you're trying to size. No, no, yeah, no, thanks. no, no. I just, I don't, that's, a, I don't that's like more golf. Do you walk around and wear a lot of hats when you're walking around? Uh, not in everyday life. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't do yeah. it at all, except when I'm broadcasting. That's. I'm it. about to say I do it when I broadcast, and then sideline right because you're outside okay. or yeah. more often than yeah. not, unless you're in a state yeah. in a dome. But yeah, I wear hats. That's the only time I wear hats, but. Yeah, it, it's something that's weird. Like today, I was outside working, so I was really? like, "Wait a minute! Yeah, what do you mean, like raking leaves, or what are you we talking don't about? Have rakeable <laughs> leaves? What are you talking about right now? Are you, Did you kidding me? So, so I, d- so what I had to do was I'm I'm cleaning up the outside area of our house, our lower okay. like balcony area, right? And so I had to disassemble a child's playhouse today. <laughs> oh, that's brutal! And then I sold it to someone, so I had to drive it to go pick it up. <laughs> But it, it was also like I was cleaning off like the outdoor seating stuff, washing it down, drying it off, and then just cleaning and sweeping and stuff. So I, yeah. I, you realize now if this if the next hour goes well, you're gonna have to do that before every edition of Maximum Football. No, no, I no. To throw it out. No, there. Right. Do, do you, you warn you these people, people that you're six eight three forty? I mean, do they do? Do you warn these people? You mean you mean that when, when I when I do the uh, <laughs> when do you the sell? Sales? Yeah, no, right. no, <laughs> I, absolutely not. <laughs> you get out of a car. <laughs> Listen, the, the, the best part is, is that, you know, you're supposed to put your profile picture. My profile picture is a Lego person, okay? <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, now. Max gets out of the car and then picks like, the car up on his that shoulder. That is the biggest dude I have ever seen. Carrying a playhouse. Yeah. Right. All right, yeah. Max. Um, Wolf and I had this discussion yesterday, and Wolf is hesitant, although I kind of think he went down this path even more than I did, to call this a, a, a must-win game tomorrow. But if you are 2-4 and four and things look the way they look, and you're kind of getting your last card that you could play with DeAndre Hopkins coming back. It's about as close to a must win as you can have in a week seven game, I feel like. Yeah, this is getting pretty close. Pretty close. I mean, when you look at the fact that Seattle, right, is at three and three, um, and they are playing crazy efficient football, and then you look at San Francisco being that other team that. Jimmy Garoppolo is still there, still starting. Yeah. After all the hoopla we had this offseason. Incredible. But the Cardinals are, are still right there. That's the other that's the other crazy part about like when you think about it, only ten teams out of thirty two have winning records. Yeah. That's twenty two other teams at yeah. five hundred or below. You have ten that are above five hundred. How many playoff teams do we need? Um, tw- to fill it out? 14? Yeah, that's right. Yes. So four teams that are currently at five hundred or below. <laughs> 
Once again, this is the Wolfie that knows math. <laughs> I, asked, I asked Craig the same I thing this morning. Bother. He failed it miserably. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, Craig. Give you an even number of teams, you, not Craig. an odd number. It, he couldn't even give me a number. Oh. He was like, how many is on each side? <laughs> Rob, <laughs> okay, Craig. Turn it around back. You. preface it. Just please turn your mic off, Craig. <laughs> yeah. But so that means that there are four teams as it stands right now that if it, if the playoffs were to start today would be 500 or, or a little bit below. So everybody's still in this race. Like yeah. there's only a handful of teams that are playing exceptional football right now. Everybody else is kind of equal. So that's why I say for pride and for mental status, yes, you want to be able to win this game. But if you don't, you're still open in the window. But it's just it's so crazy because I had to do a show last night and we had to give our three biggest surprises and our three biggest disappointments. The Cardinals were on that list for me. Really? I hate to say it because when you've gone now two games without scoring an offensive touchdown, when you were supposed to be an offensive juggernaut, yes. you've drafted for offense. Yes. You've drafted to make Kyler Murray happy. You gave him a contract to make him happy. There should never, never be a game where you say, no offensive touchdowns. Never. Especially against Seattle, the way they're playing defense. Especially against Seattle. I don't care if Geno Smith is leading the league in completion percentages. Their defense is not. Their defense, <laughs> Their defense is terrible. Oh, I saw them goodness. in the preseason, and nobody's changed. They had, It's not like they traded for anybody. Hell, they haven't traded for anybody since they got rid of Russell Wilson. Yeah. You know, since they, that Noah Fant trade, as it's now known. Yeah, exactly. That Noah Fant guy. Well, now it's looking way better. I think they should have asked like Jackie Moon for a washing machine as well. It would have just added insult to injury. But, it, it, but yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's where I'm that's where I'm disappointed in them. Like the offense and I don't want to hear about DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins should not be that big of a deal when you have Hollywood Brown already on this roster who's supposedly switching places with him. Rondell Moore, who's you know, he was injured. Yeah. But Greg Dorsch did a tremendous job in his stead. Zach Ertz, James Conner, right? Eno Benjamin. Like, you got all these other offensive weapons, yeah. and you still have Kyler I, Murray. I miss Greg Dorch, by the way. I'm going to start like the Greg, I, where's I really, Greg Dorch I really like I really like Greg Dorch. And what he did from the slot position was tremendous, and that's what really helps this team bend, bind together is the Cliff Kingsbury offense operates off of that slot. That slot has to do some of the dirty work if you're not going to have an ISO 101 receiver. Yo. And DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown are two different guys. That's why you have both of them on the same team. So the fact that you did not have D-Hop, people were kind of expecting Marquise to be D-Hop light. And it's like, no, they're different receivers. They're different play styles all together. So it'll be nice to see if you can get one of those guys. And then, of course, try and see when you can get... Um, when you can get Marquise Brown back, but this offense should never sputter like this. It just, it shouldn't. And when we think of the years past, what's the biggest complaint no. we've always had? The second half of the season looking so disappointing. Not the first half. Yes. Not the anonymity phase. Not the phase where you did not have anybody playing in the preseason because of that purpose. And now you wonder, yeah. maybe you should have taken a couple reps in the preseason. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, it's going to be really, really interesting. We're going to talk a little bit later about this just to see if D-Hop does clear anything up for Kyler Murray because I think his pre-snap read is predicated on D-Hop and what the defense is doing. I I think this could have a profound impact on Kyler Murray and therefore have a profound impact on where he goes with the ball. I, I think he's that dependent on it. Again, that's just my speculation. We'll see if that happens. Um, I'm not saying it is going to happen, but the defense, I want to talk about the defense here quickly as well. Have you ever been on a team where there was any type of finger pointing between the offense and the defense or the defense and the offense? Were you ever on a team like that? 
No, I, I, I can. Well, in college, um, a couple times we had it in okay. games, but not in the uh, NFL. Not in the NFL. Just because I mean, because our, our defense was such a veteran group over there in Pittsburgh. I mean, Troy wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, right. You know, James Ferrier and Larry Foote weren't going to say anything. And the, the leadership, the of leadership that of that group, Ryan Clark, Ryan Clark chirped at everybody. So it was just, it was more like nonsense. But then even either Joey Porter or James Harrison or Lamar Woodley, like you never really got from that crew anything that was like. Man, you need to get. It's your fault. Did it? No. no, it never was because we knew we depended on each other. So that never really happened, and especially as a team that was, you know, that's close, that knows each other, that spends time together. Like that doesn't have to be said. You know, I looked at what Tom Brady was yelling at his offensive line on the sidelines in our game on Sunday. I was like, yeah, no, Ben never even thought to do that. Maybe because he also had veterans that were of similar ilk, but he would have never twisted his mouth. He would be like, hey, hey, come on, let's pick it up. Let's pick it up, guys. Come okay. on, we got to go. Yes. But never the finger pointing, never the blaming, never the, let's say, um, uneducated French words. Yes, okay. right. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, no gentleman's French. So you're, okay, saying, you're right. saying nobody went up to James Harrison and was like, you need to be better. You're holding me back. Nobody wanted to go up to him and say that. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. If you wanted to live, okay. I mean, right. survival or, or you know, actually eat without using a straw yeah, and pureeing. Yeah, it? don't answer right now, but I want to talk to you about what Big Ben actually said about Tom Brady. Okay, yeah. at some point in time. Yeah, okay, let's yes. Text us your thoughts to the Findle text line at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back. What does Max Starks think about Cliff Kingsbury potentially giving up play calling if it comes to that? We're going to ask him next. Maximum football continues on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Dark. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum for Maximum for Maximum. With Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Max Starks is here. Maximum football. It is Wednesday, and it's like there's more pressure. It's Sunday. It's it's Wednesday. It kind of feels like a Saturday because the game's tomorrow. It's Sunday. I don't know. Yeah, you know. It's so cool, man. It's sport. You know what? Sports is on the precipice. That's all we know. It's sports day. October. Yeah. Yeah. It's October. What more do you need? Sports-tober. Sports-tober. I think every, all the four major sports are playing tomorrow. Let's put it on a t-shirt. We're just, we're just, we're just going sports tober. Something, something is going to sell. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just keep selling everything until somebody buys something. Uh, All right, Max. This, um, this week, Cliff Kingsbury was on with us as he is every week, and we asked him, we asked him a few questions, but these two in particular are the ones kind of getting the run. So we'll start with this. Does he feel like he's coaching for his job right now? You know, I, I think that comes. With the profession, I think when when you have a start like we have had uh, offensively, that the talk is is going to be out there, and, and uh, you know, quite frankly, it, it should be. We should play better, and um, we all know that. So that's that's uh, you know, week in week out, we, we feel like we're all kind of coaching for our job in this profession, and um, we, we got to get better on offense. Then we also asked him if he would ever consider giving up the play calling. Definitely, yeah, whatever it takes to win, um, whatever it takes to score points. Um, that's you know. Anything goes in this league, and 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 so we'll, we'll examine all avenues. Obviously, in a short week, that, that'd be tough to to go by. But right. we'll see how things go, and um, whatever it takes to to make us, you know, get better. I'm all for it. Before anything else, just your initial reaction to hearing those responses from an NFL head coach. Yeah, you got to address them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when especially when 
one of the reasons why you were brought in as a head coach was to be an offensive mind. It's different if you're scoring 30 and your defense is giving up 35. Yeah. Right? But you're struggling with offense. And you literally went all in on offense this offseason to to pacify and make him feel good, at him being Kyler Murray. And you're supposed to be an offensive coach. Right. Yeah. You're supposed to be in this nouveau category that if you touch Sean McVay in any type of way at any point in your life, or you shared an eye glance, you're going to get a head coaching job, and you're going to get head 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 coaching plus offensive play calling like responsibility. Now, isn't it people that know Sean McVay are coaching? Yeah, I mean, was it was it O'Connell, Lafleur, um, um, uh, what's uh, Stefanski? Yeah. Uh, um, what's the it, Cincinnati? Think, Zach Taylor? Yeah, Zach, Zach yeah. Taylor. I mean, yeah, just the list goes on and on and on. So, you know it. It's one of those things where I think guys have to understand what your strengths are. And Cliff's been here too long enough to know, can I do this? Can I manage a team that needs my full attention and still call plays and have my back turned to the defense yeah. when I'm trying to get adjustments to someone that may or may not want to listen to me? <laughs> Give those adjustments. He's getting better with it. Yeah. But when it's just you have to be able to disseminate all that stuff. The one thing I want to say about this overall, just generally speaking, is the accountability is what I love right there from Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, that is total transparency, total accountability, and that's the only thing that's going to get this team out of the rut they're in offensively. That is it. You got to be able to tell the truth. You have to start by telling the truth. And that's the only way you're going to be able to fix the problem by acknowledging it. I love the accountability from, from Cliff right there. I just wouldn't do it this game. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it on the short week. I wouldn't give up the play calling no. responsibility. You got D hop coming back. See what this game does. See what this is all about. Well, then you got the mini buy coming up here. So. To me, this is a reset button. But I would also say this. It's one thing that, that I, I do enjoy about Cliff is that, like you said, he's transparent. I need that accountability in the meeting room with everyone involved. That's the next step. That's the next step. Whereas you hear it and he'll fall on the sword, which, I, listen, I appreciate a head coach knowing and glaring and doing that. But there's another thing to step and make sure that the guys in the room are also holding themselves accountable to that and that he's not just him going out in front of a public audience and, t- and taking the mea culpa. You're saying players matter? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Players Wolf. matter. Not the play. Players. No, players matter. And players also need to feel respected in this process, especially when if the head guy can't say something to that person directly, then where is the true leadership in that? And how do you expect the people that you put in leadership places to act if the head guy's not doing that? So I think that's the next little step. I think it's getting better, but it still needs a little bit more. And I think that's what's also going to churn this over. And I think, like you said, short week, D-hop back. Let's see how that looks. Robbie Anderson, you traded for him. Let's see how he fits into this equation um, as that deep ball threat because you're missing Marquise Brown. Yep. He slots into that. That's one where it looks very similar to trade out, right? Totally. Both of those guys play very similar. But D-Hop, to your, to, to your words, uh, Wolf, he's a guy that d- dictates the coverage. But he's coming back off, He's coming back in. Short week. I don't know how in shape D-Hop's going to be for this first game. So will they just play true vanilla and then figure it out during the game? Or will they actually go out early? I don't know. But we'll wait to see. I would love to see how this game is going to go tomorrow. 
Yeah, I, if you were running the team, Max, let's just put all the pressure on you. If you're running the team, okay, because no there pressure. is there's this, you're not gonna you're not gonna make a change because of what the fans are saying. But the, the fans are not happy with this team. Like I feel like even if they win tomorrow, if they win a game fourteen to twelve, I think the fan base is still going to be extremely nervous and upset. If they go out there and score thirty five points and win a game, then maybe you start to turn things around because of what you said. This is supposed to be an offensive team first and foremost. I don't believe, and I think Wolf's on the same page here. As bad as it could possibly get this year, I don't think they're firing Cliff Kingsbury this year. I know a lot of people think it's going to happen on Friday if they lose tomorrow. I will be surprised if that happens. But the idea of switching play calling duties seems a lot more realistic. Your experience as a player, though, how difficult is that to do midseason and expect to have success? Well, um, I, I, I'm completely agreeing. You're not you're not firing Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. You know, you extended the contract and you went and you got Kyler his long-term deal to match Cliff Kingsbury's time here. So that's not going anywhere um, in the near future. Um, as far as play calling, the good thing is if you are going to make a switch and who's going to be calling to the green dot on the offensive helmet of Kyler Murray, um, it's somebody in system. So the system's yes. not going to change. Yeah. It's how you execute said system. Now, if you move a Sean Coogler into that position, they expect to see a little bit more run <laughs> and yeah. play action to set it up. Yeah. A little more RPO where he has that two-way go. But you're not going to see as many of the sophisticated passing schemes where we're spreading guys out wide and we're running almost essentially what looks like a run-and-shoot air raid combo. Um you're going to tighten it back down and get it right in the middle. I think Spencer more. Whipple is a guy that really would get that opportunity, get that crack. If there was one guy, I think it'd be Spencer Whipple. He was the guy that actually called plays when Cliff Kingsbury missed the Cleveland game yeah. last okay. year on the yeah. road, right? Remember that? Yeah. Remember because Cliff of, said he hadn't watched the game. I wonder, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if, if it's been a year. I wonder if he's watched that game yet. He might need to. Yeah. See what Spencer was I calling. I forgot all about that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, and I think, and, and Spencer also, I mean, you realize is it, that's that's Mark Whipple's son, correct? Yes. Yeah, and and yes. Whip, and Whip has been has been a coordinator. Look what he did with with Pitt yeah, last year, right? With Long Kenny time. Pickett. Now, granted, I will say this: Nebraska didn't go as well, <laughs> but it's fair. But at the same time, Mark Whipple's a guy who's an NFL guy, and when you're the son of that guy, like that kind of breeds some. I won't. I, I'm gonna throw the Hackett's out of that situation because okay, Nathaniel right. Hackett, okay, I, he yeah. has no clue. Okay. Um, but oh, his dad boy. was a defensive coordinator. It's a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> um, not not a time manager. Not exactly, okay. not exactly. But Mark Whipple, and that, that was my quarterback's coach in Pittsburgh. Oh, so, wow. So, yeah. So, Mark Whipple was, was brought in Ben as a rookie. So, Spencer being around that and understanding that experience, I think in having a dad as a resource like that, that yeah. can be objective and help, that really helps. Because I look at, like, Charlie Weiss, and you watch Charlie Weiss Jr. at Ole Miss. Like, his dad watches all his games. He has conversations with him. Monty Kiffin helps Lane to this day as a consultant Monty. that helps guide his sons. I think when you have fathers that have done it at a high level those kids understand it a lot better so it would be it would be nice to see spence get the uh, get the call on there all right we're going prime time this week we're giving you the chance to win tickets to both the sun's home opener tonight and then thursday night football so text prime time to 620 and listen for your name all day long plus one lucky winner each day is going to win their choice of a devin booker jersey or a deandre hopkins jersey that's prime time to 620 okay we'll come back max is here we'll go through some overreactions around the national football league Following week six, Maximum Football continues next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Max starts. Max starts. Maximum Football. With Wolf and Luke. 
brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Uh, we did this a couple weeks ago when Max was here, and uh, I thought it worked pretty well. So then we did it again last week, and it keeps working well. So we're going to keep doing it, Max, because it is a uh, it's a league of overreactions. And what have you done for me lately? And uh, and you know, I have one one bad game in the NFL feels like ten in baseball or however many in basketball. So we're going to go through some of these overreactions. I'm going to toss them out there, and um, start with Max and Wolf jump okay. in here as well. Max, we're going to start with this one, and I've got I've got a clip I'm going to play here uh, okay. for this first one. Uh, also, you should know. I think you saw this firsthand. Overreaction number one, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in real trouble. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think there is an issue there. Um, not strictly and solely because of Tom Brady and his woes um, with personal off-the-field issues, but I think it's some of the decision-making by Tom and the offense, the way that it is. The offensive line cannot really block offense, like for run game. Seems like an issue. That's, that's a big issue. And when you think about Tom Brady and the success that he has, the run game is usually very efficient. It was very inefficient against us. And I was telling Wolf this during the break. I was like, our entire secondary was brand new. <laughs> Literally, hello, my name is badges were falling off of their jerseys as they got on the <laughs> field. <little> stickers. <laughs> yeah, the little stickers. I mean, tell me, if you're the GOAT, if you're Tom Brady, yeah. which defensive back are you scared of? <sighs> Elijah Riley. Quincy Wilson. Quincy Jackson. Okay. That's a lot of Quincy's. Arthur Millette and Terrell Edmonds and Trey Norwood. I mean, if you're Tom oh, Brady. I do y'all even know who most Edmonds. of those guys are? I, I think you put up like 31 points on that team. Yes. Terrell you, Edmonds you is don't, the only name. <laughs> this only, and he was a first rounder. That's the only reason why <laughs> you know. It. That's why. <laughs> Didn't even get a fifth fifth year option and, and, and signed last minute to the team. But no Minka Fitzpatrick, no Akello Witherspoon, no Levi Wallace, no Cam Sutton um, in that secondary. Man. And then you're already missing T.J. Watt off the edge. Mm-hmm. You lose to Marvin Leal, our third round pick which was the guy that was kind of trying to fill in that role. And then you have a brand-new guy, Miles Jack, and Devin Bush Roberts Blaine on defense. Like, there's nothing that should have scared you in that moment, but yet this squad went and minimized Tom Brady at only one passing touchdown and gave them fits throughout this entire game. And that's when you worry, because the Tom Brady of old would have absolutely dismantled our team. In that situation, Tom Brady of old being like a year and a half ago, even. Yeah, exactly. But so, and you still had, no, mind you, you still had Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. No, you don't have Gronk, but you still had a really good tight end in Cameron Brait. And Cade Otten is a kid I I, I like as well. And then you had White and Fournette in the backfield. And you have Tristan Wirfs, Donovan Smith, right? You have a lot of still, Shaq Mason, you traded for. I know you didn't, you lost um, your center and you got Hainsey in there and you got a, got a rookie in uh, Gadeke. Get a key. Got a key. Know, I can't I, even say it. I, no I messed it up on game day, too. Right there, but honestly, you're going to continue to mess that up. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to have to because I don't, I don't have to see him anytime soon. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> right. But, exactly. But, but yeah, but so I think there are some real issues there with Tampa Bay. You know, for me, um, they look so different playing the game of football, and Tom Brady looks so different as well. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are exactly what I'm talking about. When an offense gets one-dimensional, even the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, when an offense gets one dimensional, you're playing you're playing right into the hand of your opponent. 
Yeah. You are. Yeah. This One hand tied is, behind your back. This team is number 32 in rushing yards per game and number 32 in rushing yards per play. You put those two things together right there, they cannot run the ball. No. They can't do it. And now you've got Tom Brady, who's one-dimensional. Tom Brady, when he's at his best, he's always been in an offense that attacked the line of scrimmage in a north-south fashion and then used play action to throw the ball. That's when he's been at his best. Yeah, and it's right only now, right over the top of the guy that, that's bid on the play-action fake. Even exactly better. Exactly <laughs> yeah, right. And right now, it's just not the scenario. He's one-dimensional, and even the GOAT, when he's one-dimensional... It's it's death, Here, metaphorically Here's Here's uh, Big Ben. I didn't even realize Big Ben had a podcast until this week, Max. Yeah, no, I only knew about it two weeks before you just okay. found this out. So. so this is Big Ben uh, talking about the, the Brady situation, let's say, on Sunday. It didn't look like he wanted to be out there. Mm. I mean, maybe it was the pressure that, and he was getting hit and, the, you know, whatever was going on. And I remember I, I, at one point I looked down there, I was telling, I don't know if I told Jason or Brian, but I'm like, like there's no way he's enjoying this. Mm. No way. Maybe, you know, but I, and I, so I was up there like just I was enjoying being up there watching the game, yeah. but um, it just didn't look fun. No, he's got a lot going on, obviously, sure, as you hear and read about whatever. I know he just went up to his uh, former owner's wedding like two days before. Oh, really? Yeah. There's, that's big news now that he flew up there, missed a walkthrough and hmm. went up there. And it, but, you know, it's yeah. whatever you choose to do. But and, and like I said, when a defense gets after you, like sometimes you're you're. Your anger and your disgust for things happen because the other team is affected, mm-hmm. not just because you you know it's you. So, right. Uh, but yeah, it, it did. It just looked like a different Tom. Max, that's your quarterback. Yeah, that's my QB. Yeah, QB seven. That's my <laughs> classmate. That's my classmate and my locker mate as well. That's my team. That's my quarterback. <laughs> so, uh, what do you have to say to that, Max? I mean, yeah. It, shoot, I mean, he didn't lie. There was not a lie told. He's not enjoying it. That's why he yelled at his offensive line. It's your quarterback. Why and come he, back if you're not enjoying it? It's not whatever his unfinished business was this year. I don't think it was going three and three and losing to Pittsburgh and almost losing to Atlanta. Yeah, well, I th- I think it came down to he really saw this playing out differently, but he thought he was just going to show up and be instead of have to show up and show out. And earn their respect. Man, it's just which is very unbrady like. Well, you missed eleven. You missed eleven days of practice uh-huh. for an undisclosed pre-plan. When does that happen? That does not happen. It does not happen. And it has not Ever. happened in his entire not career. Even the goat. And then you hear, literally a couple weeks after, what's going on? Because it was already was weird bad. enough. That, and you know, personally, yeah. because I've been through that, man. Yeah. That, that is heartbreaking for me. It brings yeah. back so many raw, bad, bad memories and experiences, man. So my heart goes out to them. Yeah. It does. But you have to also think that has to play a role. I don't, I don't care if you say, you know what? When I step through that door, all my problems of the world stay outside that door, and I'm in a silo. It just does not happen. Does not happen. It never happens. It's a Unless great... Unless you're a psychopath. Once again... I'm still not sure about that one. <laughs> Could possibly be one of those things, right, that a person can't. But it, you can't help 
but feel some type of way. And that's why, you know, it's kind of, it's hard to say that because, right, you appreciate Tom Brady, the athlete, but you also understand that Tom Brady is a human and that those issues are going to manifest themselves, especially when you're as a public of a figure as Tom yes. Brady. People are taking shots at you left and right, even former teammates taking shots at yeah. you um, left and right. And to say, ah, I don't see any of that. Nope, that's a lie. Well, and I cannot even imagine how Tom Brady would have reacted if somebody else had missed 11 days of camp. That's why it's so strange to see it. Yeah, he was mad day. that they missed one block. <laughs> yeah, and he let him know. Uh, I want to get one more overreaction yeah. here before we go to break. With the way the NFC West looks, nine wins wins you that division? Is that an overreaction? Ooh. Who looks no. good? I no. thought San Francisco was going to start to look good. They did not look good. Unless a man is better than I realize. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, no. I I mean, and and let's face it. I mean, I will give a lot of kudos to Atlanta for being creative. Mm -hmm. But nine completions for a starting quarterback in the NFC South is not going to win you the division. That's what Marcus Mariota got a victory on. The one thing I love about the Atlanta Falcons, though, just watching their offense right now, is the way they blend the old and the new. You hear me talk about this all the time, man. They do it. They put him under center, Marcus Mariota. They put him in the pistol. They put him in the shotgun. They blend it all and it seems like a third a third and a third in which they do it I love that I love seeing it but I think missing Cordero Patterson is going to change that dynamic yes you needed Cordero Patterson to make all of that work so it's gonna be interesting how they transfer with that and then you're still not using Kyle Pitts your tight end that's the one thing that's so confusing to me is that a year ago this guy was your bread and butter and you've forgotten about him in this offense this year I don't know what our tight end or a wide receiver that is that that is the question, and they haven't answered it. So, yeah. Wolf, if you answer it, you should send that in to Arthur Smith. Yeah, he could be coaching the Falcons tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right, we come back. What can you realistically expect from DeAndre Hopkins and basically his first real NFL action in a year, and Robbie Anderson in his first ever game with the Cardinals tomorrow? Maximum Football continues next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum Football. Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks is here. It is what a day. We've got uh, got Suns opening the season tonight at home against Luka and the Mavericks. We've got the Cardinals at home tomorrow. I think tomorrow you have I believe tomorrow you have NFL, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball going on at the same time. That's, that's a pretty good day right there. That is good. Uh, Max has dubbed it Sportstober, I it's believe. It's only good because it's playoff baseball. If this was regular season baseball, I don't know how I'd feel. Well, no, that's not great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I waited until it's over. Playoff baseball, playoff baseball is awesome. Whole different dynamic. Exactly. It's amazing. Every yes. pitch matters. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to, uh, to football here, Max. And the return of DeAndre Hopkins puts a little extra emphasis on this game because this is a game that if you're a Cardinals fan you have had circled all season and you don't normally care about a matchup with the Saints like big deal they, they might be a wild card contender with you maybe now it's two desperate teams but it was circled because DeAndre Hopkins makes his return so let's start there before we even get into Robbie Anderson Hop what he had missed two games I believe before he started missing games last year in his entire career 
He's one of the best receivers I've ever seen, but he also really hasn't played much in the last year. Is it fair to expect him to to come back? Nobody doubts he's going to make a difference for this offense, but can you expect him to make a difference like tomorrow? I, I mean, you never know. I mean, it, it is DeAndre Hopkins, and it is an offense that he knows. I mean, it's not like the playbook changed while he was gone. Yeah, And this was a guy that was in preseason camp with the team. So um, I think it can help having his presence. I don't think he's going to go off and become some fantasy juggernaut on Thursday night football. Um, but I think it could help Kyler Murray. I think it could yep. help some of the offensive IDs. It could help Rodney Hudson. Pre-snap IDs, and it might actually help yeah, if he plays, and it, it can ha- it can help your run game. If a team's overshifted to a receiver, you can take advantage to the offset run run weak instead of running strong into the formation. If they're if they're going to pre-snap determine it, which judging by the injuries that's on that list, might be something that they that they do and utilize. But it's going to be interesting. Can you get D Hop up to speed and Robbie Henderson up to speed at the same time? Yeah, and get them into this offense by right. Thursday on a short week. Uh, Robbie Anderson is in NFL shape. So it's going to be, can we dumb down the terminology or how much crossover is there from Matt Rule's system that he came from in Carolina to what Cliff Kingsbury runs? Um, that's going to be the biggest question. And I think it might cross over a lot more than you think or just be something that, hey, pre-snap, hey, listen, Robbie. Robbie's a vet. It's not like he's some brand-new rookie that has not been in the NFL before. Like, Robbie Anderson's been in a bunch of systems. Yeah. You know, before he was in Carolina, he was with the Jets. So he knows a lot of what the offenses that are being ran in today's NFL. It's just going to, can you match up right in the tree? Can we put you in your strength spot? Or do we need to ISO you for a lot of those long? Because he is a deep route receiver. Do we need to ISO you? Or can we actually put you in a bunch and have you run out the tree? Um, That's going to be the question they're going to answer over the next, you know, next less than 24 hours. Do they feel comfortable enough to do that um, without Marquise Brown? But I think D-Hop adds an element to help them see the field better for Kyler and company. Yes. If anything. I do, too. And they, even if you're throwing them on decoy and routes. that's why I expect Kyler Murray in this offense to do better, much yeah. better, with D-Hop out on the field. And once again, go back to when DeAndre Hopkins was playing. Go back to when he was playing in 2021. 7-0 start. And Kyler Murray in this offense was humming. And what was Kyler doing? He was spreading the ball all over the place. Okay? Because I think it gave him a lot of clarity, knowing what the defense was going to do based on how they were configured when D-Hop was in the game. Yeah, knowing what the cheat code is makes it a lot easier. And then without the cheat code, it means you have to do more work, which... Why buy a cheat code book if you if you especially if you're when you're used to, to having the cheat code? You're, right? you're used to having the cheat code. You're like, wait a second, hold on. I need 99 lives in contra here, bud. <laughs> wow, <laughs> we're, we're not we're not code. starting this game until I get it. Left, right, left, right, up, down, up, down. Yeah, <laughs> you know, ABA, select, start. Let's go, 99 lives. I'm gonna beat this game. Let me ask you this then, Max, because and Wolf's been saying this for the the first few weeks of the season. I agree with him. The first five weeks, I would say Kyler didn't look like he was the problem. Really, I mean. He wasn't really much of a solution other than the Raiders game, and you're paying him a lot of money, so he does need to be the solution. But I thought against Seattle, 
I didn't think he looked very good. And I know a lot of people are just at this point, oh, it's all Cliff's fault. You can make that case for a lot of these games. I get that. But I thought against Seattle, Kyler was just missing guys, too. That That's not helping. What's What are you seeing from him in the last, like, let's say, game and a half? I mean, missing guys, but guys also missing balls that hit them on their hands. I that's mean, let, let's be honest as that's well. True. You had guys that were literally catching routes, and it was just boop. Like, like, dude, did it hit you in your? Was that the wrong place to hit hit you with the football in your hands? In in your hands? Did I need to go behind? Did you need to do something? So is that guy's trying special? to do too much? Is that what it I, is? I feel like it is. I mean, and even for like Zach Ertz, like Zach Ertz looked uncharacteristically off. Uh, last See, I game. thought he made a couple of catches though that were errant balls. Let's put it that way. Yeah, like everything Tyler feels Murray. like a struggle right now. Yeah, and yes. But some of the easy stuff, though, is like missing at points, and that's where that's where I'm like, okay, is it trust in Kyler, or is it just skill set and just not feeling comfortable in the play calling? Like, it, because it's so bad, you can't really put it on any one thing. I think it's a culmination of all those things, and I don't think Kyler has the confidence going out there because he even looked a little bit like kind of. Annoyed, distracted, you know, more so than his normal hermit self, you know, in a lot of those situations. So it's just it's just weird to see that, especially when you think about that Raiders game, like how everybody came together in that yeah. second half. And you just saw a team that was just determined and possessed. And then it's like it dissipated just as fast as it came after that game. Real quick here. Cliff just said this uh, a few minutes ago, talking about Robbie Anderson and uh, how much he plays, if at all. Um, we're going to. If we get him in, we'll, we'll limit it, make sure he's confident. We want him to be able to play full speed and have a, um, confidence out there if he's playing against a really good defense. So still working through that and see how he uh, how he feels tomorrow. That doesn't make me feel like he's going to play a ton, Robbie Anderson. Uh, no. He's going to have a special two or three Package. plays. Yeah, but not even – I don't even know if it's a full pack. And he's like, here, here, if we call these three plays, you're going in. <laughs> this is what's amazing right here. I, I, I read this on ESPN Stats and Information yesterday, but they, listen to this, Max. Anderson lined up 72% of the snaps wide, okay, lined up wide, 72% yeah. of the snaps right there. Hollywood Brown, 71% of the snaps, okay? <laughs> and Well, they tried you, to get the same player, right? They tried to get the same player, Luke. Yeah. And they, they, Hollywood Brown ran vertical routes 39% of the time, and Robbie Anderson, 38% of the time. It's, it, Is there anybody else? For a guy who's running a 4-3-6 right there, you know what? In 6-3, I, I, a desperate act by the Cardinals? Yes. But smart, a smart act. We shall see. Uh, and by the way, catching a team on a fire sale is always great too. You when they fire their right. head coach. Yeah. Yep. And hello, hello, face of coin, meet tails, heads meet tails. <laughs> That's essentially what you did. <laughs> All right, Max. This was great as always, man. Thanks no, my pleasure, by. guys.